0: What it do, baby? Welcome back to episode 8 of the Basketball Junkies Podcast. I'm your host, Sadie K. I'm with my boy, the one and only, Slim H.
1: What up, what up, everyone? It's your boy, Slim H. I'm super excited to get started today. Thanks for all the love on IG, like usual. Keep it up, and let's get to it.
0: Yeah, no, we appreciate all the love, but man, the season is winding down. Things are getting exciting, but we got to hop into the first segment of the show. You know what time it is, the weekly wrap-up. Just like every week, we're going to talk about the crazy stat lines that just occurred. But you know me, I really don't talk about one-off games. I I like to look at consistency. And there's one guy who's been flying under the radar. We put him up on our IG page this past week, and you know what? He's had a stellar season. The Spurs aren't talked about enough, but DeMar DeRozan, holy. He had 37 and 14 this past week, yet another 30 and 10 performance. He's improved so much in his playmaking. It's insane. He puts so much pressure in the defense under the three-point line. In the past three games this week, he's averaged 29 points, 11 assists, 46% from shooting. But the crazy part is he only took three attempts from three in three games. Like if he could just learn to expand his game, the entire floor would be open for him. It'd make it e- way easier for everyone else. It's just that one thing that's always killed him day in day out, game in, game out. I don't know what it is. He says in interviews he can shoot the three, but he chooses not to. But, man, that's legit the only thing that's now missing in his game.
1: Yeah, no, I've never really been a big DeRozan fan, mainly because, like you mentioned, uh, he can't shoot free balls, especially in today's NBA. I mean, it just doesn't equate to winning basketball. But he has been hooping, especially the past couple seasons. His efficiency is just amazing from the floor, from the line. He hasn't been performing well, like you mentioned. He made our stat lines of the week Instagram post uh, with his big performance, uh, his 37-point performance. And I got to give a shout out to Instagram user Alejandro prescott Cornejo photography, who also commented Rosen and really mentioned how he's evolved his playmaking. It's true. You look at the way he's, he's making everyone better. I mean, he's become a great passer. Like, I, on the Raptors, no one really talked about his passing. It was about scoring, but on San Antonio, he's uh, really, really improved his playmaking ability. And I think he's He's either a free agent this year or next year, and he's probably going to get one more. pretty sure it's this year, and I think he's going to get one more big uh, contract. Probably, I think he's like 31, 32, so he's going to get a big contract this year, and hopefully he can try taking a bit more free It and just evolve his game so much and make his teams better.
0: Yeah, that's honestly the only thing missing from his game. He's obviously defense is another part of his game that's pretty much been non-existent, but it is what it is. I got a couple honorable mentions just because on Sunday we had the Nets Playing the Bucks, and I'm telling you, that was probably the best game of the season. We had KD Giannis going shot for shot. Bro, Giannis had 49, 8, 4, 3 blocks, and he hit four threes. It was an insane game. KD guy is just too smooth he had two 42 point games this week back to back he had 42 10 two assists seven threes against the bucks I'm telling you that game was probably the best game I've probably watched in a month it had everything you wanted when Giannis blocked KD I was like oh my goodness if they didn't have James Harden, I would say the series would be close in the
1: playoffs, but they're missing James Harden and they're putting up a fight. Like, it's insane. Well, they're putting up a fight because I got two all stars on the team. Simple as that. I mean, of course I got to put up a fight. Dumb comments happen. Come on, man. Look, I said before. No, I'm,
0: I'm saying that the Nets, it's just insane in the fact that, like, you're adding in Harden. And once you add in Harden, this is just not going to be fair, which is what I've been saying all year. Like, imagine if they were just KD and Kyrie. I'm telling you this season to me would be like the best the East has ever been in sort in terms of competition. Cause you don't know if the Sixers, Nets, Bucks would have made it out. But like I, I've been saying, man, like the Nets, they're going to run away with it when Harding comes back. It's just, it's and easy. As I've, I've been say,
1: as I've been saying, they're only going to have seven games under their belt. I've said numerous times, it's not going to work. And I told you this Bucks team is dangerous. They can defend. And I'll say, I said it before, I think on the second or third podcast, who's in the guard? Giannis. That The man's a freight train. Nobody can guard him. But let's say, okay, you beat Giannis. Who's in the guard, Embiid? Like, no one can guard Embiid on the nets. Not one person. And then let's say you do beat Embiid. Who's in the guard, Anthony Davis? Who's in the guard, Andre Drummond? Let's say the Nuggets make it. Who's in the guard, Nikola Jokic? I mean, it is, their defense is going to be a big issue. They can't guard these big physical uh, frontcourt players in the east and the west. Once Harden gets back, there's going to be too many guys who want the ball. Something's going to go wrong. I've, I just don't think they're going to make the NBA final. Simple as that. But I will take okay, seven of these games because I, I wasn't watching the game personally, but I went on Twitter, kept on refreshing and Every refresher was a new highlight. So I can take seven of these games easily.
0: Look, I'm, we're going to talk about the Lakers Lakers later on in this pod, but I'm going to let you continue to tell me who your players of the week are, but you're just talking nonsense.
1: I, I always talk nonsense, but I got two guys. I'll give a shout out to Jason Tatum. He's been balling. He took a nasty collision Sunday night with Jalen his own teammate, Jalen Brown. And I haven't heard back on their condition, so hopefully... He's Getting better. I mean, he gets Friday night performance 60 points, 60 points, and a comeback, massive comeback. I mean, that's that's amazing. During his last 20 games, he's averaging 30 points, 8.5 boards, and 5, 4.5 assists. Those are MVP numbers. He's taken it up another n- another level since the All Star break. In some of those games, he's had 60 points in those 20 games 60 points, 35, 38, 44 points, and 53 points. I mean, the guy is just on a tear. With his potential, Celtics, I mean, the record's not the greatest. Uh, it's going to be close for everyone in a play-in game and they get that sixth seed. With him and, With him being healthy and playing like this, and especially on Brown stepped up to a new level this season, I mean, it's a dangerous team. I, I, said, I say a lot of teams in these are dangerous, but all these teams are dangerous, and all these teams, the Heat, the Celtics, 76ers, Bucks, I all rate him ahead of the Nets. Simple as that. <laughs> I know, I'm a Nets hater. My other guy, Kevin Porter Jr. I've had him on my fantasy team for the past, ever since he got picked up by Houston. He went to the, uh, he was in the G League for a bit during in the little tournament they had, I think back in March. And he was hooping there. And when they called him up, I picked him up, up for my fantasy team and I've been holding him forever. Because I was hoping eventually John Walls gonna get shut down. They're one of the worst teams in the league. There's no reason to play John Wall. And John Wall did get shut down. And look what happened. Kevin Porter Jr. dropped a 50 piece and not just any 50 piece. He gave it on Drew Holiday, the best guard defender in the NBA. There's a video going around that post game. He was saying, oh, do you see Drew? I was putting him on skates. He was shaking all game. And it's true. If You don't watch the highlights. He was cooking. I mean, this guy's oozing potential.
0: No, no, no. no. I agree 100%. Like when you watch what he did, he could score from all three levels at the basket, mid range, from three. He was creating. Oh my goodness. I don't know what the Cavs were thinking, but that was. They gave him away for nothing.
1: I mean, he's basically looking like James Harden there. Uh, I saw this funny tweet. It went viral on Twitter, and I'm going to steal a little bit. But he's a Houston player. He's a lefty. He can score from anywhere. He's a point guard. He likes his strip clubs. I mean, he's just like James Harden. And like I said before, he has potential, he's oozing potential. He had potential to be like an all-NBA player if he can get his off-the-court issues figured out. A couple weeks ago, he had an issue with Sterling Brown. They were in the strip club. So there's a video, I think like 6 or 7 a.m. when the sun was up on a game day. Uh, In Cleveland, he had a few issues. And like you said, Cleveland gave him away for nothing because of these issues. Speaking of the Cavs, uh, Joe Varden of The Athletic, he's a Cavs beat writer. Uh, He brought up a story Sunday afternoon about the Cavs and their front office issues and the issues with Kevin Love. And on Monday night, Kevin Love, for those of you who didn't see it, uh, basically gave up on his team. Uh, he got, kind of got pushed on the back after a bucket. Uh, he was inbounding. And he basically just dropped the ball, rolled it out, gave it away to the Raptors, and they had a three-pointer off that. And he was just sulking the whole game. And uh, like I used to be a big Kevin Love fan, but these instances where he's sulking a bit, uh, he's getting angry at teammates on the court. It's happened a lot in the past few seasons, especially once LeBron's left. I, I just don't accept it. I mean, dude, you're making... I forget how much money he's making, but you're making a boatload of money. I know you're on a shitty team, and I know you maybe thought maybe they told you when they had signed, when you had signed the extension that we're going to try to contend, and it hasn't really worked out, but you're still getting paid millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. You got to act like a professional. You can't be doing stuff like this. He's had an issue where when John Beeline was a coach. He was like slamming chairs, sitting away from teammates. It's like, come on, man, grow up. And I know I'm going to be a little controversial when I say this, but I know Kevin Love, for those of you who don't know, he's a very big mental health advocate, and that's great. Uh, I respect that. But I feel like a lot of times, maybe the stuff he does on the court, which is negative to his team and his teammates, kind of gets uh, uh, not looked at as much due to his advocacy. So I don't know. I just, I'm a little fed up of him. I don't know about you, but he's got like to grow up, I think. No,
0: for sure. For sure. For sure. He's been an all star before he came to Cleveland, even on Cleveland. And he's honestly, he went. he's become a total dud. Like every year, he seems to be injured. He's played 20 games this season. And to have that kind of reaction, especially when you've only played what 20 games this season and the year before that you were injured the year before that it's terrible you're a veteran on this team you have a bunch of young guys you should be leading them an article came out uh, about how the veterans weren't happy with how colin sexton constantly holds the ball and other teams are telling players like you're not going to get the ball but you're a vet like you've been around for so long you should be taking colin sexton under your your wing and be like look i want a championship this is how the type of basketball you should play because colin sexton is a dog I don't understand why Kevin Love hasn't taken a bigger leadership role on that team. You got to teach these guys how to win because they have some talent with him, Garland, Jared Allen. Like there's there's talent. It's just he's sometimes you need a vet who can just teach you how to win. Like he hasn't averaged 20 points since coming to Cleveland. You're getting 30 million dollars a year averaging 11 points in your final season. This is crazy. And just today, Chris Haynes had an Uh, had an interview with him where he talked about like yeah he would love to play with Damian Lillard he doesn't know when maybe six months from now I'm like this is crazy like it's gonna come out like I guarantee you at the end of the season he's gonna ask for a trade he's gonna say I'm not playing in Cleveland anymore but you sign the contract for four years you might as well stick it out like it's insane you're making free money by basically being injured every year now you're having an open interview where you're talking about like you'd love to play somewhere else This past week also Chris Haynes had a different article come out talking about how Damian Lillard doesn't have any new like any help on the Blazers. There was this one quote where he basically said this trailblazer squad looks as if they're merely a postseason tune-up for an authentic championship contender which to me is like it's accurate right even though they have talent or the pieces to me like you have Nurkic, Covington, Melo, McCollum, Dame, Norm, it's a formidable team, especially in a year like this year where like the season is open, but I just think Terry Scott isn't the coach. Sometimes you have a team set up, but the coach just doesn't know how to put it together cuz yo, there are some dogs on that team, and if it doesn't work out after a coaching change, then you blow the whole thing up. The Dame and CJ McCollum experiment doesn't work anymore. The one thing I will say though is people know that Dame and Chris Haynes do have a close relationship, but Dame came out and he said like I didn't contribute to none of this. Like I don't Go behind everything I present to the media is the same thing I tell the front office. Like I didn't say I wasn't happy here in Portland. I want to stay, so I respect Dame for that.
1: Yeah, no, I gotta respect Dame. Uh, what he's been doing for his whole career, always struggling. Like he's been playing well for Portland, but the team just the team just ain't it. Like you said before, and they kind of have a they have a decent team. No way though. Let's be let's be honest. Let's look at the roster for a second. Carmelo Anthony washed. Simple as that. I'm sorry, Mellow lovers. He's washed. Uh, he shouldn't be getting minutes on a playoff team maybe a few minutes, but not big minutes. Covington, he's all right. Should he be on a starter on championship? Probably not. And then it goes down to CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, He's never been it. He ain't it, and he's never been it. He's not a good second option. He can't be the second option on a championship team. It's simple as that. Hey, he gets buckets. That's about it. If he's a championship team, maybe the third option. But him being the second option next to Dame, uh, it's just not enough. And I agree with you, Scotts has got to go. I mean, he's probably had to go a couple years ago. No offense to him. I mean, I know they love him there in Portland, and Dame loves him. It seems like, it seems like a great guy. But eventually, you got to say, what are we doing? Are we first, second round exit, or are we trying to win a chip? Simple as that. And I know a rumor came out this uh, uh, this week about the Knicks, and they might be interested in going after Lillard if he's available. So I'd keep my eye on that. I mean, I think Lillard could be the number one option on the championship team. Definitely a top five point guard, probably top two point guard next to uh, Stephen Curry. I mean, I think he's good enough to be the number one option. If you got to that Knicks team with him, Julius Randle, uh, Thibodeau, Evolution of RJ Barrett, that team would be nasty, especially with their defense. Thibodeau and the other guys give Dame defense that's Portland's biggest issue is defense they can't guard anyone and Dame he can't he's not a very good defender no one really talks about it he's not a great defender but I feel under Thibodeau and his scheme and the players there that'd be a good fit and just yeah, keep my eye on it and I think they said they'd be one like you like four or five first rounders which is yeah, sounds about right for Dame's level
0: I don't think he's gonna get traded but it, it is intriguing but we got to move on and we got some players that returned this week LaMelo Ball made his return. They went one and one. He had eleven and eight in his first game, fourteen and five in his second. But he did have five turnovers in both game, but both games. But they're expected to be honest. He's shooting terribly, but there's rust. But I think like the rookie of the year conversation is over now because Anthony Edwards has just been super consistent on that terrible Timberwolves team. But they beat the Jazz twice, and he's averaging eighteen and five, and in the. Past month, he's increased his averages to 22 points, five rebounds, 1.5 steals. It's kind of hard not to give it to someone who has played the entire season and has been consistent. But, you know, it's great for the Hornets that he's back and he'll be there in the playoff run and get some playoff experience.
1: Come on, Seth, man. Come on. LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year. It's simple as that. First game, he dominated. First five minutes of the game. Viral highlight, underhanded pass to Miles Bridges on the fast break. I mean, the guy is just amazing. He's a highlight reel. I mean, changes the whole Hornets offense. I mean, if he's healthy like this, and if Hayward can, I said last week, I don't believe in this team, but if he's healthy and Hayward can get healthy before the playoffs, then something might be different. But this guy's a rookie of the year. Simple as that. What, we're going to give, you said, oh, he's been playing healthy the whole season, uh, Anthony Edwards. Is it a one-month reward? Like, I don't, I don't get it. He said one good month in April. Lalamelo won rookie of the year in January. Uh, sorry, rookie of the month for the East, January, February, and March. And he's going to win it in May because he's dominating already. Anthony Edwards only won it in February. Tyrese Halliburton won it in January. And March, so Anthony Edwards is gonna have. He's probably gonna win in April. This April, like come on, Lamelo's gonna have four play. I know it's not the biggest. Uh, you don't base it fully on just who wins the Player of the Month awards, but it's gotta be Lamelo. It's not a one month award. I know Anthony Edwards playing well, but look at that Timberwolves record. That team's trash. No offense to them, but they're not going anywhere right now. The season probably not even next season. You gotta give a little bit to Lamelo and the Hornets who have. No one expected them to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, I got to go with LaMelo. I got to go with my guy, LaMelo. Simple as that. Too bad Rookie of the Year doesn't really care about winning. We talked about this before, right?
0: Carmelo was in the playoffs. LeBron didn't make the playoffs. Their numbers were similar. LeBron still won it. He's been healthy. It just is what it is, man. Like, I agree with you. LaMelo has had probably a more positive effect on winning than Anthony Edwards. But Anthony Edwards has improved month in, month out, and his numbers are going up. I got to give it to him. But we had another player uh, come back this week. Your boy Bron Bron played in two games, both losses. He had a chance to win against the Kings who didn't have Fox and Barnes. And he missed a game winner, which is insane to me. He had 16, 8, and 7 in that game. And then against the Raptors, he had 19, 7, and 6, re-aggravated his ankle. He does not look 100%. And I feel bad for that guy, man. Like I was watching the game and barely any explosion, barely any lift on any layups. All he was using was his size to get around people. It's tough, man. And look, he... Had a quote that just came out yesterday that basically said, like, the play-in game is stupid. Anyone who came up with that de- idea should be fired. But the year before that, in the bubble, he thought it was a smart thing. It seems like everyone is complaining only when they are in the play-in games, but when they're not, they have no problem with it. And like you said before, this is the new NBA. You gotta just win your games. Look, they're all tied right now. The Mavs, Blazers, Lakers. Five, six, seven. Just win your games. And you won't be in the you won't be in the uh playing games. It's tough for him, right? I don't think he came back when he wanted to. And if there was no play in tournament, he probably would have taken longer to come back and been more healthy. But hey, they brought Anthony Davis to this team. And Anthony Davis has been terrible. In the six games, he's been back. He's like minus 100 on the floor. It's insane. I was looking at the schedule as well. The Lakers have the toughest schedule out of the three teams that are tied. Who do they play here? They play the Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, Blazers, Knicks. Mavs have the easiest schedule. They only have three tough games out of the remaining eight, which are the Net, Heat, and Grizzly. The rest of the teams are all under 500. The Blazers, just like the Lakers, they got five tough games remaining out of their eight. They got the Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, Lakers, Hawks, but they are on a four-game winning streak right now. So before I pass it on to you to hype up your boy LeBron, even though you should feel bad for him, and honestly, he does not look 100% healthy. He's not even playing on Monday night because he re-aggravated his injury. The Lakers will be the seventh seed. Just it doesn't look like even Anthony Davis is healthy. Like he on a play yesterday, he like dunked and then he started holding his shoulder. It's it's, it's a tough year for them. I know you guaranteed a championship, but it's bad. Even Kyle Kuzma came out and he said he wants Marc Gasol playing. It's like he wants Marc Gasol to get more minutes because he opens up the floor more than Andre Drummond which has always been the issue with Andre Drummond. But it is what it is. My prediction will be the Mavs will be fifth, Blazers sixth, Lakers will be in the playing games.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, definitely dark times in the Laker land right now. I mean, it ain't pretty since LeBron's been back, like you mentioned. But at the end of the day, that's my guy, LeBron. I ain't, I ain't worried. Whether it be the sixth seed, fifth seed, or in a playing game. Give me LeBron, playoff atmosphere, playoff game. Give me AD. I know they may not look too healthy, but it's a regular season. Uh, they're going to be in the playing play-in games at least. They're going to make the first round. They're my team. I'm still sticking with them. Uh, they're going to be healthy. I know LeBron, it's a back to back. That's the main reason why he's not playing Monday night. Tweaked his ankle on Sunday against the Raptors, but he'll be good. He'll be fine. But even though he is my guy, LeBron, I am a bit fed up with some of the stuff he's been saying. He's been taking some L's recently. Uh, and what he said about last uh, on Sunday night about the playing games is just ridiculous. I mean, like you mentioned, Last year, he was going on, oh, we got the Grizzlies, we got Portland, we got Phoenix. I mean, the playing games are great. Yeah, it seems like they're great when you're in the first or second seed. But when when you fall back like the Lakers have done, they sit down, oh, now it's, oh, the playing games are ridiculous. Whoever made this could be fired. Like, come on, LeBron. Grow up a bit. And deal with it. I mean, it's created... It's created excitement. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for these games. It's created an extra, like Golden State, all these C, uh, 10th seed teams, 11th seed teams, like uh, Wizards. I mean, they'd be probably tanking by now. They would have like, given up. They would have sat uh, Beal, Westbrook, Curry. They would have shut them down a few weeks ago. But now everyone's fighting for the play playing spots. So, like, I love it. I mean, I think once the games actually happen, the fans are going to love it. I mean, the Raiden's are going to be off the hook for the TV. It's only going to be good for the league. And the league, they've had this issue where teams, they've had to deal with it. The regular season gets bored towards the end. Teams are tanking. Teams shut their star players down. So, I mean, I think this is a W for the whole league. So, LeBron, deal with it. If you don't like it, win some game. Simple as that. Okay.
0: I'm telling you right now, I've known Hayden for a long time. I don't think he's ever said anything negative about LeBron or told, like, even attacked LeBron. So, this is a big step. You heard it here first on this podcast.
1: Yeah, no, just uh, sometimes some of the things he says, like this quote and yeah, the, the China quote last year, it's like sometimes just like, I don't know, just, just just be quiet, LeBron, sometimes. you know, Just like, don't be a hypocrite. I feel like he's very hypocritical sometimes. But moving on from LeBron, I still still like, a, I know I'm hating on him a bit here, but they're still going to win a championship. Simple as that. And I also want to mention, I mean, we went to, you talked a little bit, but the West is, it's crazy down there. Like Portland, uh, Dallas, Lakers, they're so close. I mean, there's a real possibility we have the Clippers and the Lakers in the first round. Uh, three and six seed. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a must-watch basketball. but that would be amazing. And as much as I like the Lakers, I think the Clippers are very, very underrated. I think the Cl- Lakers got lucky last year. They dodged the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are a real deal. Kawhi, uh, Paul George, playoff P. And they ain't no joke. Playoff, uh, Paul Paul George is healthy now. I mean, he's been hooping all season. I mean, no one's talking about the Clippers, but if I didn't have to choose the Lakers, that's my team. The uh, Clippers uh, under them. So, I mean, if that, I can get that first round... That'd be seven game series first round. I mean, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. And I think the Lakers, they would not want to face the Clippers in the first round just because they need some time to get healthy. And if they have to play the the Clippers in the first round, that's going to be honestly, it might be a five game series in my mind.
1: Five game. Whoa, 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 no, it'd be a seven game. I mean, they'll be healthy, but moving on, moving on. You know, like you mentioned before, I'm a LeBron fan. I love LeBron. Everyone knows I love LeBron. That's my dude. But he's getting old. I guess it was his first. He had a groin injury a few years ago back. But this ankle injury, kind of like his first ever like really serious injury. It's probably not going to be the last injury, definitely. He's getting old. He's slowing down a bit. Like everyone, four or five seasons ago, everyone's like, oh, LeBron's finished. He's going to slow down. But it hasn't happened yet. But it pains me to say he will slow down eventually. And he's not going to be around for that much longer at his peak. Eventually, someone's got to take the role as the NBA's best player, the superstar. And I mean, I think the future is very bright. I know ESPN... Listed their top uh, five players under the age of twenty-five a few years a few weeks ago, and I thought it'd be cool if we made our own list. And I think if you look at the, the guys we had to choose from, we got Jason Tatum dropping sixty on Friday night. We got Luca dropping twenty assists, triple doubles uh, Saturday night. Uh, you got Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Darren Fox. You got fast guards. You got Darren Fox, um, John Morant. You got Donovan Mitchell. I mean. You got guys like Bam, Shy Gillis, Alexander. I mean, like the future's bright. The league's in a really good spot. My question to you, Sadman, I need your top five guys under twenty-five. The criteria is very simple. You're not just choosing top five guys right now. It's if you were drafting a team right now, you had the first pick in a draft, has the next matching team, and everyone's available on, for these guys under twenty-five. And then, and you have to win one championship in the next ten to fifteen years during their prime. Who would your top five be?
0: Okay, okay. Slayton, and that's a that's a tough question. Yeah, I saw that article from ESPN, and honestly, if I were to think about it, I would have to obviously go with Luca. Luca being the first one, I think he's his greatness is undeniable. In three seasons here, he's he's done everything you could ask for a pick, right? He's averaging twenty and eight and eight nine. The year before that, he was averaging twenty nine and nine. He does a, complain a little too much for me, but. Trust me, the NBA game is not too physical for him. Like some people thought coming out of Europe, he's a dog and he just makes everyone around him better, which is what you want out of your star player on a team, right? And if I couldn't get Luca, even though I have selection of anyone, the second player on the list would definitely be Jason Tatum. He can score from every level on the court. He's gotten better every single year. He's been an all-star back-to-back years. This year he's averaging 27, 6, and 4 his game has just improved. His handle has improved. There's nothing I don't like about his game. I'm not a Celtics fan, but I am a Jason Tatum fan. I love watching this guy play. And look, on the Celtics team, it could have been up for anyone, him or Jalen Brown to be the number one option. Came in a year later, and he's like, no, it's my number one spot. I'm the the A-alpha on this team, and it just shows. If not him, this one might be a little controversial for some people, but Michael Porter Jr., Every time I watch this guy, I honestly think the sky's the limit. To me, he could easily be the best player in the NBA. He has the athleticism. He can play some defense when he wants to. He can score from every level of the floor. We're not looking at his numbers, but he has improved like crazy this year. People were saying like Jokic and Murray were a good combination. But yo, Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., that's a great combination. That's a championship combination. And I would be stoked if my first pick was Michael Porter Jr. I just think he, the sky is the limit. I love that kid. People forget he's athletic as hell. There's no there's no denying that. And if I couldn't go with him, fourth on my list would be Zion Williamson. And I was hesitant to put him on this list. And some people might be like, oh my God, you're insane because he's dominating. Yes, he is dominating, but they're losing. They're in the 11th seed and he, they have a young core. And look, he can put up some crazy numbers, which he has. What is he averaging this year? Like 27 points, eight rebounds, shooting a crazy, crazy from the field. But the game has just evolved so much that you need to add a jumper. And that's what is holding him back. If he can add any sort of game 10 feet beyond 20 feet, he would be number one on my list. But he doesn't have that in his game, which will always be a hindrance, which will always make him dependent on other players. Whereas other players on this list, to me, they could be the number one player because They have every facet of the game. And lastly, man, this last, this number five on my list was difficult because there are a lot of good players. But I'm going to have to go with my boy, D-Book, just because they're in the number one seed right now. Surprise, surprise. You know, I love the Suns. And you know what? His numbers are down from last year, but they're winning. He's averaging 26, five, uh, five rebounds, five assists, shooting an amazing percentage of 49%. What doesn't he do? He can, he also like, he digs in on defense. He's not one dimensional, which I love. He is older than the rest. But I think when I'm choosing my players, I want a player who can do all everything in the game. He can get to the basket. He can distribute. He can shoot, which is what you need in today's NBA from your number one option. Guys who are dependent on other people shooting for them or he, they can't shoot. It's hard for me to include them on my list. That's why Ben Simmons is on my list. Even though he's great on both ends of the floor, it'll always be a hindrance when you can't shoot the ball
1: well sadie K, I mean there's a couple terrible picks on our list in my, in my opinion but here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna list my five a little bit of info on why i chose them we can go back and forth a little bit on a few of the picks and then i want to also look at a few, couple guys snubs couple closest, cause it's a couple close there's a big list there's a big list of snubs so i want to give a few names to you and we can go back and forth and maybe see why they didn't exactly make the cut but number one i gotta agree with you luka donkic i mean he's great he's amazing and he's so young. And he's dominating the league. I mean, if I if I had to choose a team, a guy to win a championship, it's obviously got to be Luca. I know I'm going to sound a little crazy here, but he has like top five of all time potential player of all time. I mean, he has a legend, legendary status. He could be a legend one day. Simple as that. He will be a legend in my opinion. He can win a championship. He will win a championship. He's going to win an MVP sooner or later. His defense can be improved a bit. His shooting maybe a bit more. But I mean, what more do you got? And he steps up in the playoffs. Like he's out in the bubble last year. I mean, no one could guard him. He had uh, Paul George trying to guard him, Kawhi. The guy does it all, and he has a superstar. I know it doesn't matter much, but he's got that superstar persona. I mean, the guy's confident. He knows what he can do, and I think if I had to choose one guy to win a championship, it's got to be Luka. So I do agree with you there. Uh, number two. I mean, I don't know how you don't put him on number two, but it's got to be Zion. We're talking winning the championship next 10, 15 years. It's got to be Zion. I'm, I I think maybe put him over Luka. That's how good I think Zion's going to be. You talk about a jumper, but I look at it's different from a guard and a forward. I don't think he needs a, a jumper. It'd be nice to have a jumper, but I think if you give him the right team for knockdown shooters, spread the floor, I think that's a championship team. Simple as that. Guys who can defend also, who can help him a bit. He really needs a big man who can play good, stall defense, protect the rim, and stretch the floor. So I'm looking for that. Hopefully, the Pelicans, Pelicans can get that in the offseason. This guy's dominant. He's going to be an all time great. I look at the numbers he's putting up. I mean, he can't miss from the field. He's one. He's the most dominant player since Shaq. I mean, he's got championship ridden all. He will win a championship one day. Simple as that. As long as he can stay, My only worry is if he can stay healthy. Obviously, he had issues before. This season, he's been pretty healthy. And when he's healthy, no one can guard him. Simple as that. He's more dominant than LeBron in the paint. And like LeBron, when he when he is in his prime, well, he might. Some people say he's. A-
0: wait, 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 wait! Before you go to number three, look. i I agree with you. He is dominant. And you're saying he's more dominant than LeBron in the paint. That's because he can only play five feet from the basket. There's no, yeah, he'll dribble, dribble, but everyone knows he's attacking the basket or he's passing. That That's it. His game is super limited from last year to this year. It hasn't improved in the sense of he's not looking to shoot outside of 10 feet. You know, he's actually the most blocked player in the NBA, maybe because they don't call fouls on him. He has holes in his game. And once his athleticism wears out, which it will
1: i do agree with you there once his athleticism is gone yeah he's not gonna be that very good if he can't shoot but i'm pick i'm drafting him for his athleticism in his prime when he's 26 27 at his uh physical peak i don't care or like yeah like i said it'd be nice to have a mid-range jumper free corner which he i don't know i think he can shoot a bit he is i know he kind of a little similar to ben simmons where he just doesn't shoot but i think he has he has more potential than ben simmons shooting wise in their career even if he can't shoot i mean nobody can guard him I, you look at games against Gobert. Some of the other NBA centers, like he just attack and Gobert. He doesn't care if he gets blocked. He gets a block. He gets a board. His second jump is the, probably the best in NBA history, one of the best in NBA histories. He's just an animal. I, I got to have him number two for potential to win a championship. Simple as that. I think he can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're they're. He's number two on your list, but they're eleventh in the West. He's played fifty nine games. I'm just saying he's unguardable. But. They're 11th in the West.
1: No, no, no. Continue. It's team. It's a team. Like I said, you got to put shooters around him. You got Steve Nabs, ain't it. You got to get a big man who can protect the rim and shoot. But I could talk all day about Zion. Before I get to my favorite pick, uh, let's talk about your favorite pick, which is ridiculous. Michael Porter Jr. I mean, the guy should not... He's not even in my top 10. Uh, I mentioned last podcast how he's been playing great, and I think he has all, all NBA potential eventually. When we're picking guys to win a championship, it's got to be guys... Who can make their teammates better? Who can do a little bit of everything? And I just don't see that in Michael Porter Jr. He's a great scorer. He has a I think he has the potential to be a leading scorer in the NBA one day down the road. I mean, the guy gets buckets. He can do it all. But I just don't see him making his teammates better. And I think you need that quality to win a championship, to be a number one option on a championship team. So I think he's a great second option down the road for a championship team. But to put him in the same bracket as Luca and Zion, and my next guy, is uh, I think it's a little ludicrous. Especially now he's had a what. One good month when Murray went down. I mean I, need, I mean, I need to see him more. He has the potential. But my third guy has shown it. And he's only 19. And that's LaMelo Ball. I mean, my guy LaMelo. I talk about him a lot. But I love him. I think he has the potential to be MVP one day. NBA championship down the road. I, I think he'll be the best point guard in the NBA uh, in the next five years. Without a doubt in my mind. I mean, the guy can just do it all. He's making Miles Bridges look like an NBA starter. Who last season he was looking, looking really bad. And this season he's looking to like having a career year. Uh, he just makes his teammates better going his scoring has been the biggest surprise of me and a lot of guys a lot of people worried about his shot i know his shooting numbers are not the best he's been getting buckets he's been hitting step back threes, pull up threes, uh driving to the rim pretty easily he had a nice crossover against goran Dragic uh sunday night i mean the guy can do it all and i think he he's got to be number three on my list
0: okay before i let you continue man you're talking about a guy who's only played 49 games in the nba that's who you're telling me is ready right now and we're looking and look. Michael Porter Jr., you said it yourself. He has the chance to be the best scorer in the NBA, lead the league in scoring. You know what happens when you lead the league in scoring? You open up the floor for the rest of your teammates. That's why he can be a number one option. It might not show on the statistics, but when you get buckets, people are going to collapse on you. And you'll open up the floor for everyone else. And that's just what will happen, which I don't... Look, LaMelo, he's great. If he he played the entire year, he would have been rookie of the year. He will be somewhere lower on my list but he's not a number three. Like, that's way too early. He doesn't deserve it. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't accomplished anything. It's too early
1: to put him that high. It's not about what they've done now or what he's accomplished. It's about in the next 10, 15 years, who I think is going to win a championship. Michael Porter Jr. should not be on his list. You talk about scoring. Oh, if he leads the league in scoring. He opens his guy, opens his teammates up for more open shots or whatever you said. One one more, Carmelo. I'm pretty sure he led the league in scoring, maybe one or two seasons. And what has that man done in the playoffs? Nothing. All I see in Michael Porter Jr. or not all I see, but I pretty much I see a lot of Carmelo, and he'll get buckets. He'll have I don't know like fans like you, no offense to that man, but basic fans who just love the the ISO and the buckets. He'll get his Instagram fans, and people will love him. But will he induce winning basketball? Will he lead a team to the NBA Finals as a single first option on a team? No. Lamelo can I think, but we see a lot of Jason Kidd in Lamelo,
0: and Jason Kidd was never a number one option. On any team that won a championship. Don't say it. Because he only won a championship with the Mavs. And he was an old, old man who just moved the ball around.
1: Who is we? See a lot of Jason Kidd. Like, who Who is saying that? I see in LaMelo. I see... I literally see 25 points a game one day. I mean, I'm being straight honest. I'm seeing 25. 10, I'm seeing Luka Doncic numbers one day. I'm seeing the minimum 20 points next season. I'm seeing 10 assists a game. And I'm seeing 7 boards. So I don't know where you're getting this. We see Jason Kidd numbers? No. LaMelo is... Lamelo is two times the player Jason Kidd will be. Lamelo is a, gonna be a Hall of Fame player down the road. Simple as that. You can tell. You can just tell by the way he plays. Jason Kidd is a Hall of Fame player as well.
0: And if Lamelo Ball's no, if Lamello Ball turns anything into Jason Kidd, he had a great career. I'm I'm just saying. You're, you're, don't disrespect my boy Jay Kidd, huh?
1: I'm not disrespecting them. I know he's a Hall of Fame player and he's in way one of the greatest. But you're disrespecting Lamelo's scoring ability. I mean, I don't know what Jason Kidd's highest season average was, but I know it wasn't too much. I think Lamello has a chance to be a twenty five point game scorer. He's not just a guy who passes the ball. I mean he has good great, good athleticism, sneaky athleticism, and great length. I mean I'm telling you, next season, Hayden Guarantee, 20 points a game, minimum. But moving on, number four on my list, I got uh your second pick, Jason Tatum. He's a he's just he's just a bucket getter. He reminds me a lot of Michael Porra Jr., but with a bit more. I think he, he has play a bit more playmaking ability. Uh he's proven it. I know we talk, I just talked about how it doesn't matter what you're proven, but he's shown flashes that he can be the number one guy on the team. I mentioned earlier, he's averaging what? In the past 20 games, 30 points a game, uh, almost nine boards and five assists. Those are MVP numbers. Willie a championship. You got Luka, you got Zion, you got Lamello. But if those guys aren't there, Tatum's gotta be my guy. I think he he'll be a leading NBA scorer down the road in the next few seasons. Whoever he's better than the guys I mentioned before, Luca, Zion, and Lamelo. When it comes down to it, not gonna, he's not gonna be better. He's not gonna have a better career, I don't think. I mean, those guys are just too good. But he's on my list, but top five hundred twenty-five. Simple as that.
0: Yo, I'm I'm astonished, I'm baffled that you have Lamelo ball so high. I could see Zion maybe, but Lamelo over Tatum, and you keep saying it's not. It's about what they'll do seven we're seeing right now what jason tatum can do he's leading a team he led a team to the eastern conference finals last year it is what it is man let me hear your number five because you're talking nonsense right now
1: <laughs> i'm not talking nonsense i'm not hating i'm just saying i mean i'm i'm telling you i'm i bought all my LaMelo stocks it's simple as that. i'm very high on this guy i mean your fifth book i know you love the uh, phoenix huh? i know you love chris paul but come on Devin booker we know what Devin booker is I think he's, a, he's like 24 and seven months. So he's like really close to 25. We know what he is. He's a guy who gets buckets. He scores. But does he make his team better enough that they can win a championship? Can he be that number one option on a championship team down the road? I just don't see it. He's imp- People say, oh, he's improved his team this year. Not really. It's Chris Paul, let's be honest. I was always hating on Chris Paul last week. But Chris Paul has had a huge impact on their team this season. And I know a lot of people are pushing. I saw a lot of media narrative now. People, oh, Chris Paul, MVP push, late MVP push. That's another story. But, I mean, Devin Booker shouldn't be on his list. He's close. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating fully on Devin Booker. But if I'm drafting guys to win a championship in the next 10 years, D Book just, just ain't, ain't on the list. But who's on the list is going to be very controversial, I think. The Sacramento's, Sacramento Kings point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Now, before you get on your horse's salmon and start arguing this and that, you got to realize I'm talking about potential. Potential. In the next 10 to 15 years, during the prime, to lead a team to a championship. And I think De'Aaron Fox has the tools. I mean, if you just watch one of the game of him, you can see this dude is fast. He's the fastest player in the NBA. He is so fast down the court. It's it's crazy. He's improved a jump shot this year. His playmaking has been better. He still turns, turns over the ball a lot. But I think going into the next 10 to 15 years, I think you're going to need a lead point guard. And I rate him higher than guys like Donovan Mitchell, John Morant. I think he's oozing potential. I think he just needs, he needs a better team. Simple as that. I think over time, he's going to, I think he'll be an all-star next year. Guarantee, another Hayden guarantee. All-star next year. Maybe even all NBA. The guy, I think he's only 23 right now. He has so much potential to be the best point guard in the NBA behind (laughs) LaMelo in the next 10 years. (laughs) I mean, the guy, I I love, I love De'Aaron Fox. Once his free ball gets more consistent, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. So he's on my list ahead of Booker. I can't put Booker on the list. I just don't think Booker has the ability to make his teammates a lot better. Is he playmaking? Is that a level of De'Aaron Fox? Is that the level of Lamelo, Luca, Zion? Even Zion, like Zion's a great playmaker nowadays. I mean, point guard Zion—that's all the rave. That's all people talking about. So I think that's what you need to win a championship. I think you need guys who can obviously score, but also make their teammates better. I think De'Aaron Fox. Also, De'Aaron Fox is defense. I mean, the guy gets steals. He's one of—he he could be a great defender in the NBA, All NBA first team down the road. Yo, guys, just listen, listen, listen. I'm
0: about to make Hayden sound crazy. Just talking about steals numbers previous podcasts he says steals don't make good defenders so it is what it is man but look I'm not hating on De'Aaron Fox I actually I was contemplating him or Devin Booker you know what it was close like he's averaging 25 points this year 7.2 assists you're right he has improved his jump shot he's playing more in control now and I think that's he's like a John Wall 2.0 for me because they still can't shoot the three ball but he plays in way more control and he's learned to play in control way better than John Wall ever has. So I'll give you that. But it's difficult for me to have him on this list. Like if I were to even add a player over Devin Booker, it would have to be Donovan Mitchell just because he's achieved things. You see what he's doing and he's only one year older than uh, Devin Fox. So in my mind, over the next 10 years, I would rather have someone who's already knows what he's doing and winning and what they're tied for the first seed in the west then someone who's been a bottom dweller doesn't know how to win they have talent they just don't know how to put it together in the kings like marvin bagley second overall pick you're telling me he makes guys better he hasn't made marvin bagley any better It is what it is it's not a terrible pick like your lamello pick your list is decent it's decent I'll, I'll, if i were to give it a grade i'd give it like a a B. My list, on the other hand, those are all guys you'll see will be number one options leading their team deep into the playoffs. They might not all win rings because they're all in the same era, but they'll all be number one options leading their team.
1: No, your list is terrible. I mean, no offense. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. should not be on the list at all. Maybe top 15. And Booker, I just don't see it with him and then also you mentioned Bagley like come on Bagley is one of the worst draft picks in recent years I mean the guy he's just he's just not good I mean he was drafted before Luca before Trey Young I mean Trey Young is another snub he someone could make the case for Trey Young I mean he kind of plays like a little mini Steph Curry I just don't see the defense I mean there's no defense at all with Trey Young I just don't see with him other people will mention Ben Simmons as a possible snub uh with Ben Simmons I just don't talk about jump shooting I mean Fox he hasn't proven to be a great jump shooter but at least he'll shoot. Ben Simmons, yeah. He's scared to shoot. I mean, you can't be good. you'll see in his playoffs. That's why I don't believe really in the 76ers. I mean, you can't be you can't be afraid to shoot a basketball. Simple as that. And you can't lead a team. You can't be a number one option if you can't shoot. And when you look at Ben Simmons, his defense is great. His uh his play-making is great. If you look at number one option on a championship team, I mean you gotta be able to score. And you don't go to you don't go to Ben Simmons and say, yo, we're we're tied fourth quarter. One point or one minute left in the quarter. Go get me a bucket. You don't say that, Ben Simmons. You say, Ben Simmons, Oh, go set a screen and pick and roll. Dive to the rim. Make a nice pass, Ben Simmons. He's not a scorer. And I don't think he'll ever be. He'll be around 15 to 18 points a game for his career. So I I see a lot of Draymond. Obviously, a better Draymond uh, in certain things. But I just don't see him as a number one option on the championship team. Ben Simmons,
0: he's on the list. But there's one player we haven't mentioned. Canadian that I think does deserve some recognition, Shy Gillis Alexander. He's improved every single year he's been in the NBA. He's learned how to win from Chris Paul. I don't know. He, you can make the case like him over De'Aaron and Fox. But uh, we got to transition into the last topic of the show. Who are our coach of the year candidates? For me, the winner is Monty Williams. He took a team that wasn't even in the playoff games last year, all the way to the number one seed currently. Huge step. Then we got Tibbs, who took the joke of a Knicks and actually created a culture in one year. And then we have Steve Nash. Look, like you say it repeatedly, they only played seven games together and they have them half a game back out of the first seed. What an amazing year. He deserves his credit.
1: It's a pretty good list. I got one different guy. I'll go from bottom to top. I got number three. Uh, Quinn Snyder. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's tied for number one in the West. They've been great all season, and you got to give him a few votes just for the culture he's created in Utah. They're a dangerous team. I don't think they're ever going to be very good in the playoffs, but that's another story. uh Number two, I got Monty Williams. I mean, a lot of people have him as their top coach, but as I just, I just don't see it. I mean, a lot of it has to do with Chris Paul being there. They were they were good. Booker stepped up. He's number two, but he's not he's not number one. My number one guy, obviously, got to be Tom Thibodeau. I mean, the culture change he's had—it's just amazing. I mean, they were a laughing stock this year. They were, they were supposed to be a laughing stock last year, and they've been a laughing stock for the past few years, but no one was expecting this team to be anywhere near the playoffs. Nobody. You look at that roster, they were going to be a lottery team. And what he's done, especially after the All Star break, the defense that they're playing, it seems dangerous. It got to go to Thibodeau. You look at Phoenix, you saw it in the bubble. They went 7 0. They were expected to be a, a fringe playoff team this, this year. So I'll give him a little props for that, for being tied for the first seed. But what Thibodeau's done with this lottery team, is I mean it's amazing.
0: Wow. Okay. No, I'm not disagreeing with you on that since I think Tibbs has done a great job. But they they sit in the fourth seed in the East, and the West is way more competitive. And they're in the number one, st- all well, almost tied for the number one seed. So it's, it's good on uh, good on Monty. I think he's he's made the culture change in Phoenix because Phoenix has been a laughing stock for the last ten years. But like, we got to hop into the last segment of the show, games of the week. Hayden, what are you watching?
1: I got one game. I mean it's obvious. Sure, someone's looking at it. It's got to be Lakers. Clippers, Thursday night. I know LeBron, I think LeBron's questionable for this game. Even if he doesn't play, I mean it's must watch basketball. Like I mentioned before, could be a first round matchup. Battle of LA. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a great must-watch TV. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, no, it'll it will be. And I got four games actually, just cause all of them matter for seeding. I got the Nets versus Bucks Tuesday night, just for a rematch from Sunday, and it was a great game. Best game of the season. I got Wizards versus Raptors on Thursday, 10th and 11th seed for the playing games. I got Lakers Blazers seeding for the five, six, seven, And then I got S- Suns versus Lakers on Sunday night. You know, could be a potential playoff matchup. All great games. But, but no, that's it, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Basketball Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Sadie K. I'm signing off with my boy, Slim H. The NBA is going to finish strong. Last eight games of the season. To keep up with all things NBA, follow us on IG, the Basketball Junkies podcast. Stay safe. Peace.